This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode 117 of Small Talk. Your hosts, Steve Cerruti and Michelle Smallman, are here with you. We're taping this on a Wednesday, kind of late at night. I don't know why I need to update people when we tape this, what time of day and during the week. But I think it's important, Steve, because we're taping this at about 5 p.m. Central Time on Wednesday, and your girl is tired. I'm exhausted, so hopefully you can't hear my lethargic energy state <laughs> throughout the podcast. But what are you doing, Steve? What's up with you? Well, that's funny that you say that because I'm also kind of exhausted for a different reason, not because of a dieting thing, but it's that time of year. It's the fall. All the leaves are on the ground. Everybody knows I'm a big foliage guy, but the one drawback of foliage is especially, you know, we own a home, which is, which is great. It has a lot of great upside and, and things that nice. you can do, but also <laughs> it means you have to do all the bullshit around the house, like all the chores. Yeah. And for the last three days, I've been outside doing the leaves, which means raking them, blowing them, picking them up, putting them into bags. And then tomorrow I'm going to have to take them to the dump where I, I don't even know what they do with them. I guess they light them on fire. I don't even Wait, know. Hang on. You not only have to rake all the leaves, you have to take them to the dump. So we live in a town, unfortunately, that you can't just leave them by the side of your, you know, in front of your house and pick them and the town doesn't pick them up. We have to physically bring them to the dump, which definitely blows. So it's this entire intensive process. And if you if were watching, I'm sure I'm going to post a video. So if you watch a video later, you're like, why does Sharia look high? I'm not high. I promise. I'm just really, really tired, which is why I made a nice coffee before we started this thing. Otherwise, I might be falling asleep. I'm blown away by this because where I live, there's a service that comes and either picks them up or they clear the streets and stuff for you, or you can hire somebody to do it, I guess. But I can't imagine, what if you don't have an SUV or you don't have a truck, you have to stuff your your <laughs> compact car filled with bags of leaves and go to the well. dump? Here's the thing, and we've done this in the past. Most people pay to, you know, get your leaves done. Like our neighbors all around us did it, but I've got some extra time on my hands. So I was like, you know what? I got a couple podcasts I got to catch up on. So I was like, I'll just do it. My dad is a super Mr. Do every chore around the house. He doesn't pay anyone to do anything really other than like maybe fertilize his lawn. But he mows, he does the leaves, he does yeah. the landscaping. He does, he fixes everything around the house. He's a, a manual labor guy. I mean, he's a plumbing, heating, air conditioning guy. He does the stuff around the house. I didn't get any sort of, the gene pool didn't really touch me when it came to like fixing shit and like being Mr. Right. Fix It. But my dad will give me these old tools and old whatever things that he used to use for around the house. So he gave me a blower and was like, oh yeah, you could use this to blow your leaves and pick them up and whatever. I'm actually implying I should do it myself. So I was like, I got the time. My dad just gave me the blower. I'll test this thing out. 13 hours of labor later, Michelle, it was definitely a huge mistake. 13 hours of labor. Oh, easily. Not Sounds like you thing. birthed a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Ironically enough, my sister-in-law just had a, just had her first child. What's up? I'm sure that was a little bit more difficult than my last couple of days. But uh, I will say, I think doing the leaves more than any other chore. I'm interested to know what you think about this. I think doing the leaves, raking them up, putting them in a bag, putting them on the side of the road, cleaning all, you know, you have all your landscaping, you got to get in there, pick it out with your hands. Yeah. I think that is the worst chore of all of the chores, period. Thoughts? Well, I've never done the leaves, so I can't really accurately speak to how miserable it may be. I am not an around the house landscaping type person. <laughs> I'm hiring somebody to do that. You, yeah. you cannot ever find me raking the leaves on a Saturday afternoon. That's never going to happen. But I would say based on just your basic household chores, there's absolutely nothing worse than doing the dishes, Steve. Nothing. Oh, the dishes. Well, 
I like to cook. I love to cook. And after cooking, sometimes you just put the dishes in the sink and then you want to enjoy the meal. And there's nothing worse than after you've enjoyed the meal and you're happy and full, maybe a little wine drunk. And then you go in the kitchen and you're like, are you kidding me? I've just scraped this freaking casserole pan now and it's gross and I'm gagging and the cheese is stuck on there. Maybe some bits <laughs> of salmon but that have been sitting there for a while. I mean, I'm I okay. want to throw up thinking about it. It's awful. It's not great. It's definitely shitty. Now, you have dishwasher, I assume. Of course. So it's not really that bad, right? You kind of just have to rinse them off and put them in the dishwasher, and the dishwasher no. does most of the work. Some stuff you have to pre-wash before you get in the dishwasher, or else that stuff will not come off. And then my other point would be, you know, as I said, doing the leaves, I think took me like 12, 13 hours of labor. I'm tired, and I, I look tired. I look, I look weathered. Um, <laughs> I, like what, what is doing the dishes like max 15 minutes it's not that long okay but you do the leaves once seasonally actually one time a year you do this 13 hours worth of labor you're doing dishes multiple no, times a, a day that's a good point and it's a and, never ending mountain but i still would say i would rather do 10 minutes of dishes a couple nights a week than do 13 hours of labor outside one time but that's recency bias. You're saying that as you're sitting there exhausted with blisters on your hands. Literally, this, two blisters on both my thumbs. Yeah, you showed me before the pot. So if this was May, right? Let's say we're in May and you have, you've forgotten the pain of the leaves and you know that there's a mountain of dishes waiting for you in the sink. You change your tune, Steve. I bet you would. No, I wouldn't. I really, I've, I've said this for multiple years. Cause again, I said, we pay, we usually pay for someone to do the leaves cause it is my least favorite chore of all. And this year I had some time. So I've always maintained that leaves are the absolute worst. Now, weeding, did you ever do weeding when you were a kid? Like when you would go and take oh. the weeds out of the, uh, the cracks in the walkway? I would always do that oh. with my dad. And of course, he'd make us wake up at like six in the morning. And, you know, I was what, in high school and I didn't want to do anything. I, you know, I wanted to sleep in until noon. Instead, at 6 a.m., I'm out there with my gloves on, picking weeds out of the freaking cracks in our walkway. That's up there, too. That might be a strong number, two. Doing the dishes is way further down the list. It's not fun, but it's further down the list. I had to do that one time, and it's because your girl came home late past curfew mm. and may or may not have been in an altered state of mind. And what happened was, I shouldn't even be telling the story. Again, kids, do not do any of this stuff. But I stumbled when I came home and fell in the landscaping. And my dad flings the door open because he hears a commotion and finds me in the landscaping as I'm like getting up. And he was like, you get in the house right now. And I was like, yikes. So I get in the house. To your point, dads love waking you up early. Yeah. My dad wakes me up. It's a July day. I will never forget July day. Oh, and it gets out. really hot and humid in St. Louis <laughs> in July. And Mr. Smallman wakes me up at the crack of dawn. And he says, get up. And I was like, why? why? I don't feel good. He's like, yeah, I bet you don't feel good. He's like, you get your ass out there. He's like, you want to spend time in the landscaping? You're going to pull every single weed out of the landscaping today. And I was like, what? So I had to do it for yeah. hours, hunched over in the heat for hours. Lesson learned. Yeah, and at least you're right. The heat is actually a major factor because at least in the fall when I'm doing leaves, it's not that it's nice. To, I, I like it when it was like, you know, 40 degrees out there. It wasn't that cold, you know, you, and plus when you're working, you kind of heat up anyway. So it's not like you're that right. cold. I hate doing chores in the heat of summer when it's hot as shit out. Like when I'm mowing the lawn, which is another one of my least favorite activities to do, although it is nice, you know, you listen to a podcast, you, you know, you just listen to some music, like I catch up on different things that I haven't listened to. 
it's okay. But when it's like 90 degrees and you're mowing the lawn and dirt's flying on your face, it's a challenge. But I will say, shout out to Mr. Smallman for going the, uh, what is it? The, it was the Jaquan. Teen drinking is very bad. So shout <laughs> out to your dad. Did you know Jaquan's from my hometown? I did not know that, but even, of course he is. There's always some random St. Louis BS that happens here. Listen to this, Jaquan, for those who don't know, rapper, famous for Tipsy. Hello, banger. Everybody in the club, what's up? Everybody in the club getting tipsy. (laughs) Jaquan went to my rival high school. Shout out Bubba West. That's amazing. What was that? 2005, maybe, when he was a teenager and he blew up. Imagine blowing, having like a major rap single when you're like 17. And you're from Belleville, Illinois. Not quite as big as Nelly was uh, in the loop, no. but, but up there. I would say it goes like this. If we're doing the power rankings of St. Louis rappers, Nelly, clearly number one. Obviously. I would throw Chingy, number two. I would throw, actually. Chingy, er- underrated, actually. So he has like a couple of pretty good bangers. Like five or six. <laughs> Way more than people want to give him credit for. Okay, actually, er- we're backing it up. Nelly, number one. Murphy Lee, number two, St. Lunatic. But he had Where the Party. He's had a lot of remix action, Shake Your Tail Feather. He's had some solo songs that were what the hook gonna be. So we're gonna go Nelly, Murphy Lee, Murph Dirty, number two, Chingy, number three, and then I'm gonna throw Jake Kwan in number four. That's the right order. I had forgotten about Murphy Lee. Murphy Lee belongs ahead of Chingy, even though, again, strong list one to four. I mean, that's who knew St. Louis is a rap hub. I did. Atlanta? No, no, no. What about St. Louis? Yeah, I mean... Compton? No. Come on, New York? No, St. Louis. Yeah, the Bronx? What? Have you been to the Lou? Have you guys been to the Lou? Okay, well, Steve, you're tired because you did leaves, because you did manual labor, and I'm tired because I'm in a a workout vortex hell. That's what I'm in right now. I'm doing 75 hard. Today is day 49, and it feels like I've been doing this for six months. My body hurts. I'm so tired. I work out twice a day. Okay. So I feel like I should explain this more to people, right? What I'm doing, because a bunch of people asked about it on the AMA last week. I thought it might be boring, so I didn't bring it up. But then I had some people, including our favorite from ESPN, Amanda Gifford, text us and be like, can you actually explain this more? I'm curious about it. So Amanda's a big workout person too. She's Miss CrossFit. She gets after it. Yes. And she could easily, I feel like Amanda would fly through this with flying colors. Yeah. She's stronger than I am. 75 hard. This is what it is. For 75 days, you have to complete all of these tasks in one day. And if you forget to do one thing, you're done. You have to start over from scratch. So you have to do two 45 minute workouts a day. They cannot be back to back. And at least one has to be outside regardless of the weather. So if it's cold, bundle up. If it's raining, too bad. Deal with it. If it's the blazing hot of July, sorry about you. You're going to sweat. You're doing it in the right time of year, though. The fall-ish time. I wouldn't want to do this in the summer. It'd be too hot. No. Uh, Spring is too rainy. Fall's a good time to do this. And not only that, we've had an unusually warm fall here in St. Louis. So it's actually been, I've only had two pretty bad days. Uh, The next thing is that you have to follow a diet of your choosing, but no cheat meals. And so I didn't want to do keto or paleo or anything like that because it just seems like a lot to keep track of. So I went pretty simple and just had no processed foods. So clean eating. See, that's where you lose me. Last night, I, after doing hours and hours of work outside, I needed to treat myself and I had an Oreo milkshake. So sue me. I couldn't, this is why I couldn't do this. That sounds amazing, by the way. I'm so jealous. It truly was. So good. My mouth just watered. The workout, the diet, no cheat meals. Um, You have to drink a gallon of water every day. So that's all I'm doing all the time is just chugging water. Um, No alcohol, which is a real bummer. 
a real bummer because you forget what it's like to be sober around drunk people and it's not fun. Shout out to all the sober people out there. Because Luckily, you're not really going out to bars and stuff like that. So it's yeah. not as bad as it could potentially be. So again, 100%. not a terrible time to be doing this for you. Yeah, I mean, we're in a pandemic. So it's, that part's not that difficult. But the few times I've, I have had safe and socially distant gatherings with friends and they're throwing a few back, I've been like, wow, you guys are having a great time. Sober and Sally I'm, over here, just bumming so, everybody out. Yeah, I'm just like, so wow. Okay, everyone's <laughs> just learning their words that I am. And it felt uncomfortable. I felt weird being there. I was like, Everyone is getting turned. Yeah, there's nothing worse than being the sober person with, around a bunch of drunk friends because everyone is just so stupid and annoying. And you're like, it's not even not fun. It's, it's annoying. You yeah. are annoyed to be there. And you see all these other people having a great time. You're like, cool, I'm just here, you know, being sober. What's up? Right. Uh, so that is, that's difficult. I still think the alcohol thing sucks. The working out definitely sucks. The food thing, though, would be the hardest part for me. That's oh, I'm why not I even done. I'm not even done. You still have to uh, read 10 pages of nonfiction every day, usually like a self-improvement type nice. book, but that's, that's easy for me. I just some, that. some mind workouts, love that. Yeah, you don't get you got to work out that brain just as much as you work out those <laughs> arms, Steve. Don't you forget uh -oh. that, okay? Oh, I don't. No, yeah. Don't you forget that. And then the last thing you have to do, which has been easy for me, but some people always say that this is what trips them up, is you have to take a progress picture every day so that you can watch your body transform. But since it's such an easy thing to do, a lot of people forget it, and that's what trips them up. But I have an app on my phone, a 75 hard app, and I just have a checklist there every day, which has made it easy for me. But it's a lot. It's a lot that you have to remember to do every day. And do you have to post the progress? Are you going to make a montage video with some sort of inspirational music song behind it of going through your 75 days? Because you're at day, you're almost at day 50, which means what? You're hashtag math here. You're so 60. Six days away. You're like what? 70%, 70, almost 75% of the way done, 80% done. At this point, you have to finish. There's no quitting to. now. No, there's no quitting now. And I'm a competitive person. I love self-work. I love challenging me versus me. I mean, I run half marathons for crying out loud. This is something that I was built for, but I've lost so much weight, Steve. I've lost 17 pounds. I've lost a little over 2.5% body fat. I've read about three books. You really do see what you're capable of doing when you discipline yourself and you stick <laughs> to something that you said you were going to do. But Just I need- Michelle. No, it's it's actually like Peak Michelle's on a boat in Italy drinking rosé. What are you talking about? Well, I mean, about? like, like this physically is a and nightmare. Physically and intellectually, this is Peak Michelle. Not like holiday. You're not on holiday, okay? You're right. From an emotional standpoint, this is rock bottom, Michelle. I'm getting no pleasure in my life. <laughs> I'm dying for certain things. My cravings, I feel like a pregnant woman because my cravings are so intense and they vary from day to day. One day I'm like, you know what I want today is a sheet of nachos. Oh man. Made, pop them in the oven. Everything is spread out evenly. The toppings are dispersed just so. And then the next day I'm like, I want an affogato so bad. I want an affogato. The next day I'm like, I cannot wait to get a cheeseburger. Every day it's something different. So emotionally we're at rock bottom because all I'm doing is dreaming about food. But I will say from a mental standpoint, I haven't felt this sharp in a while. I get up really early every day. I was drinking a lot of coffee. I was not getting a lot of sleep. I wouldn't eat regularly. And I feel like because I'm eating and exercising and not drinking coffee and not drinking alcohol that my brain is firing on all cylinders, even though I am really tired all the time <laughs> because of all these workouts, I do feel mentally sharp. You've increased the amount of leaves that you're eating and decreased the amount of caffeine and sugar that you're eating. 
Yeah, so we're both dealing with leaves. That's why we're tired. Yeah, because leaves are the bane of our existence <laughs> right now, to be honest with you. Son of a bitch. I know. Well, you're um, almost there. It'll be good. And, you know, when day 75 comes or day 76, I guess, uh, you know, you could just ball out and just have all the cheeseburgers and nachos you want. Is there a meal? Did we discuss this? I don't even know. Yeah, is there we a did. meal? We did. What is it? But I forget. I want a coffee in the morning, a bagel breakfast sandwich. Bagel. That's right. Yeah. That's a good call. And then I want pasta and red wine. Yeah. What's the date you'll be done? Before Christmas, obviously? December 15th. So by the time, you know, Christmas and the holidays come around, New Year's, you'll be able to be gluttonous Michelle again. It'll be fun. The interesting thing is going to be this. How much weight do I lose in 75 days? And how much do I gain back after like five days? Uh, I'm going to leave that one alone because I don't even want to throw a number out there because I don't don't know. Well, right now it's day 49. I'm down 17 pounds, which is insane for me. I mean, it's too much. I'll definitely gain some back, but let's say I lose 20 pounds. Okay. You go away on a weekend, you're not working out and you're eating. You can easily gain five to seven pounds in a weekend, right? That's crazy too, because if I lost 20 pounds, just hypothetically, and obviously I weigh more than you, if I... That's a lot of weight. That's a ton of weight. I would be skinny as hell. So you find the right, maybe your body will find the equilibrium where, you know, you'll, yeah. you'll settle into the nice place and where you can, you know, have your cake and eat it too. Well, I definitely am going to be eating the cake. So. Yeah, definitely eating part. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we also need to follow up on something else from last week during the AMA and shout out to the listeners again for just coming in hot with great mm-hmm. questions. It's always Love one it. of our favorite podcasts. One of the great questions was, what is a name that you used to love that is somehow ruined for you. And then somehow we got on this tangent about names that we wanted to name ourselves when we were younger, names that we loved. And Saruti <laughs> revealed that when he was a kid, he wanted to be named Jeff Saruti. And that was hilarious to me because I cannot picture you as a Jeff at all. So when we posted this video, I posted to my Instagram story and I said, would Saruti be named Jeff, J-E-F-F, or Jeff, J-E-O-F-F, a G-off, if you G-off. Yeah. A G-off, if you will. <laughs> and the poll was very decisive, Steve. 84% of people polling said you were a G-off. Why you is that? Why? I don't think I know. I mean, I know of people who are G-offs, but I don't know any G-offs. But I feel like if your name is Jeff and it's spelled with a G, that person gets made fun of a lot. And if you're a parent and you really want to name your kid Jeff, why are you spelling a G off? I, I, I don't know. You know, the is it also reason that people it, are spelling their kids' names with extra Y's because they want to be different? Kaylee with two E's. Yeah, yeah or like Riley R Y L E I. Yeah. You know, just those like, are people that like, think they're being creative, but they're actually not. You know, they think that they're being unique or their kid's name is unique, but actually everyone's doing that. So you're not unique. It's just kind of annoying. But Geoff is the original Riley. Yeah, I know. It kind of is. But I don't feel like, first off, my parents would never have named me Geoff. I don't even think my parents knew what Jeff spelled with a G would have even been at that point in 1988. And why do you think people think it would be Geoff? I don't understand that. Plus, I know. Uh, I know why. Why? Because I'm, it's, I feel like it's a loser name. I don't know. I don't get it. No, because I feel like young Steve thought Jeff was cool. And so young Steve in the 90s would definitely think Geoff was different and cool. Plus, when no. I think Geoff, I think a guy who is really into brewing his coffee at home and the measurements and like the drip, you know, I picture Geoff to be super into tech and being like, hey, come over. I have this new app that 
dims all the lights just perfectly and also can set the temperature and make it feel like a movie theater. And Geoff is the guy. Geoff is really into cycling. Geoff is like, hey, have you You're tried this new protein powder? It enhanced my cycling rides to this level. Geoff is a guy that is into all sorts of nerdy things, but isn't a nerd. I was going to say, you're describing all the dudes who are like coders in Silicon Valley. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel like I put that vibe out. Now, I do love I do love the science of a good drip coffee and a good espresso maker, but I don't know how to code. I'm not into cycling, and I'm definitely not a Silicon Valley type. That is not my scene whatsoever. But the way you describe it, that is kind of a G-off. I would agree with you. That's a good call. Yeah, that's a G-off. And you have- Why do people think that's me? I don't think that, that doesn't make any sense. I don't- Jeff seems like a guy who drives a truck. Mm -hmm. Jeff seems like a guy- Definitely wears a trucker hat. Yeah. Jeff loves a hoodie. Mm -hmm. Jeff, lo Je <laughs> Jeff loves <laughs> hanging out with his buddies on a folding lawn chair, maybe Rip in a driveway. Ripped jeans, but not fashionably ripped, just right. ripped from labor. Yeah. Right. So if I look at Jeff and I look at Geoff, I think you definitely skew Geoff. You know what? You're you've convinced me. It's not a diss. The people, yeah. Initially, I thought it was a diss, being like, because oh, I kind of feel like Geoff is the loser, pretentious guy, and maybe he still is more than Jeff with a J. But I'm definitely not Jeff with a J. I mean, I don't think I'm, I mean I'm not a Jeff period, but I'm definitely not a Jeff with a J. I guess I do lean. Honestly, the people nailed this because I think it was like 85 percent, right? It was yeah, most yeah. people thought it would be Geoff. And people know me better than I know myself, Michelle. The Shelleys out there are impressive. The Shelleys know you, Steve. The yeah. Shelleys know that you are Geoff. And also shout out to the Shelleys because not only, Steve, are we a pro plastic surgery podcast, this is now a pro headband podcast. Oh, yeah. Because I wore a headband last week on the pod and we posted the video and I got so many compliments of people being like, I like that headband on you. So now we're a pro headband podcast. Dudes and girls? Yeah, mostly dudes though. Really? See, I didn't, are you trying to bring the headband back? I didn't even know it went anywhere. But then again, it does skew a little bit younger. I feel like the headband look. I feel like the headband has been back. I feel like people have been rocking the headband for a while now. I was just late to the party. I thought it looked good. It my head. What's the point of it? Is it just style or does it actually hold it your hair your back? It your hair back. So my hair is constantly, now that it's longer, getting in the way. And I feel like when I have the headband, it's just easier. You know, it's not in my face as much. I am pro headband, as we are pro plastic surgery. Whatever floats your boat, whatever makes your self-esteem skyrocket, go for it. Will it surprise you and will it surprise the Shelleys to know that I have rocked a dude headband in the past? Not that like the, not, we're not talking like the athletic one, like the, the full-on Nike one that's white and it's a sweat one. I'm talking about the one that holds your hair back, the soccer player one. I used to rock that. So many follow-ups here. Did you rock the soccer player headband for fashion or was it for soccer? Both. Both. I wanted to look like a cool European soccer player, but also when I was playing pickup hoops or pickup soccer, my hair wasn't long enough at that point to put it in a bun, but, but it also wasn't really, it was too long to style and knock it in my face. So best of both worlds, I look like an awesome dude wearing this headband and it keeps the hair out of my eyes. So honestly, both. Question number two, follow-up number two. Was this pre-wrap that you rolled down and made into your own purple no. headband like I used to do in soccer? Or was this something that you pre-purchased? No, great question, because I do know what you're talking about. I did not do that. This was a purchase. I purchased a five-pack of Nike Thin. They were probably like a centimeter thick, and they were stretchy, all different colors. And yeah, popped that bad boy in, and I've never looked back. I missed that look, to be honest with you. It was super fun. Follow-up number three, did you get compliments when you wore the headband? Yes. 
Yeah, people like a, a good headband. It was kind of like me trying to be want to be David Beckham. You know, David Beckham's one hundred percent worn a headband. All those cool looking dude, you know, European dudes wear headbands. Now they, it's one of those things too where the first time I put it on, I'm like, I look weird. I look like somebody who's trying too hard. And then you sort of grow into it, and I feel like people mm-hmm. are like, oh yeah, no, he could totally pull off a headband. You just have to do it, and then a couple of times into wearing it, you feel much more comfortable, and the Euro side of me came out. I mean, you know, you know me, I'm a closet Euro anyway. But it was kind of scary to begin with because I'm like, I don't know if I can pull this off. And then by like the third or fourth time, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm, I'm basically David Beckham with dark hair. What's up? First of all, you're not a closet Euro. You're not fooling anybody. <laughs> it's true. We, we all know where your allegiances lie. I'm a number, wannabe Euro. Yep. Number two, after you wear it three or four times, it becomes an identifier for you. People are like, oh, so Rudy, he's the headband guy. Here's the thing. I stopped wearing it just wearing sports too. I started wearing it around the house. I started wearing it maybe to the grocery store. Then I started Whoa. maybe wearing it to the bars. Yeah, it escalated. The more and more confident I got, the more times you saw me in a headband. Whoa. So this became something where you were like, Hey, I am headband guy now. I was all in. Yeah. Cause I kept getting compliments. People were like, Oh, I like the headbands. I'm sure there aren't that many people who see a guy like me rocking a headband just around, you know, around West Hartford, Connecticut, going to the bars, hanging out. So no. And I think, you know, as a conversation started too, people were like, wow, I didn't want to do my hair. So it was, I was in that awkward stage. Cause everybody, every dude knows that when you grow your hair out, there's a, especially when you're growing up to like a bun that that sort of length, cause that's, that's a commitment. That's like at least a six month commitment, probably more. And there's a good one to two months around there, probably closer to two months where your hair looks bad, period. No matter what you do with it, no matter how you style it, it doesn't matter. And the headband saved me because originally I was just wearing sunglasses. I would just tie my hair back with sunglasses. I would always have sunglasses on the top of my head. Uh, 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 and it was, a te- I know it's a terrible look, terrible look, but I didn't have a solution for it. And the headband became the solution because I, again, I grew more confident, confident with it. I started going, oh my God, this is amazing. Conversation starter. People are liking this thing. So I became headband three. There's a few things on my absolutely not written in Sharpie list, and it's people that wear sunglasses on their head all the time. I didn't have a choice at the time. I didn't have yes, another you did. solution. You always have a choice. You always have a choice, and the choice is to not put sunglasses on. on no, I, I wish I'll try to find a picture. Maybe I'll we'll tweet this out with the pod um, of me in my awkward phase without a headband and without sunglasses. You're going to be like, hmm. Yeah, good call. The sunglasses, you definitely needed the sunglasses because my hair, it wasn't styled in any which way. It was just long everywhere, but not long enough to do anything it with. So I kind of look like borderline homeless person who also doesn't know about style, but also it was just a mess. And honestly, the headband saved me. It did. I told you for years that you should have rocked some braids and the braids could have saved you. The braids could have saved you. I almost, we met the quota for talking about my hair for one episode because I'm sure people are like, who cares? But <laughs> I did after the bun, when I, when I had the bun, I was like, okay, what's the next thing that I can do? Like, what's the mm-hmm. next trendy thing I can go to? Cause I kind of felt like when I cut my bun off, that's when the bun was like over in a bit. Yeah. Like I, had, I caught the tail end of it being popular. And the next thing was kind of, it was the man braid, right? And I remember asking Maddie and people like, should I, should I rock the man braid? I saw a couple soccer players doing it. A lot of people on Instagram were doing it, but the man braid never really caught on. So I I'm kind of glad I didn't do it because it never really became a thing. But maybe had you rocked the man braid, it would have become a thing. You were You're on a national lot of TV on me. show yeah. every day. <laughs> You're putting a lot of pressure on me. Think about how much we talked about your hair on the show. You were the guy with the man bun. People would text in and be like, I'm watching the show and Sabruti's hair. It's incredible. So no, you, they would, could have, they would, you could have taken the trend from like a six to a 10. You're giving me way too much credit. People would text or tweet into the show saying, who is that loser with the hand, with the man bun? Not like, oh, Saruti, hair. No, it's like, who is the loser that thinks he's really cool in the corner of the room with the headphones on rocking a man bun? People made fun of me all the time for that on the show. Did they? I didn't yes. know that. Mm-hmm. I think people liked it. And I actually, I mean, I like the way it looked, but people made fun of me for that a lot. Yeah. 
We'll I was trying. They thought I was trying too hard. Maybe I was. I was doing too much. Who knows? But I had to experiment. Yeah. I don't know. My hair had been short for my whole life. No, those are the dudes that are still getting buzz cuts and being like, "Was that guy a man?" But it's like, hey, he is expanding his portfolio of exactly. looks. All right. Step out of your comfort zone. What's up? Step out of your comfort zone. Okay. Well, speaking of stepping out of our comfort zone, I just want to give a deep tease here. We sometimes do a deep tease on the pod, but I gotta let you know. Sarudi is now Sarudi the chef because Sarudi's got something cooking. We've got something big. <laughs> Big, big, big cooking for the podcast. And it should be revealed in what? Two or three weeks, Steve? Hopefully two weeks. Yeah. So we've had this project, quote unquote, that we've been working on. And it's a two part, it's a two parter. So I will say they're both related to each other as well, but we think you're going to really like it and um, look forward maybe early December, I would say. I don't want to give you too much information here because we're excited about it. Um, It's very on brand for the show. And that's all I'll say. Yes. And I know what it is. And I don't know if I've ever been more excited about anything we've ever done on this podcast than this. And Saruti has taken the reins on this and it's amazing. If it's a Steve Saruti special project, you know it's going to be good. Thank you. And uh, I guess we got the, what would we say, the proofs? I don't, again, I don't want to give, that's all I'll say. If you can figure it out, you know, figure it out. That is what it is. But look for it in a couple of weeks and we think you're going to be pumped about it. Okay, Steve, we teased this last week. We have another draft on deck today, and we are going to do a holiday draft this week. We have Thanksgiving right around the corner. There's been some debates between us about what constitutes a good or a bad holiday, and there's actually a lot of holidays out there that are pretty suspect because we have put together our individual big boards. We each have 10 holidays on the list, and it was hard for us to come up with 10 good holidays, believe it or not. The back end of the draft is going to be the best part of the draft because I think that it's very top heavy. It's very traditionally top heavy, right? You're going to have all the usual suspects, but I think the ones at the back end are actually way more interesting and the reasoning why is going to be very interesting. So I think that's actually where the draft is going to be won and lost. Okay. I look forward to that. But before we do that, you had texted me something <laughs> that you wanted to bring up and I don't know how to describe it, but it's basically <clears throat> a barometer of where you rank on the good or bad person scale, right? You just, you take it away. All right, Michelle, have you ever heard of the shopping cart test? The shopping cart test? No, I have not. Okay, this I found, I didn't find this on 4chan, but I think it came from 4chan. I believe I found it on Twitter. But it is basically the ultimate litmus test for whether or not a person is responsible, whether or not you'll probably like them, whether or not they're capable of self-governing. Say we are meeting for the first time. People don't do this, but this would be the perfect way to tell whether or not someone is trustworthy or not. It's the shopping cart test. And it is as follows. It is the ultimate litmus test for whether a person is capable of self-governing. To return a shopping cart is an easy, convenient task and one which we all recognize as correct and the appropriate thing to do. To return a shopping cart is objectively right. There are no situations other than dire emergencies in which a person is not able to return their shopping cart. Simultaneously, it is not illegal to abandon your shopping cart Therefore, the shopping cart presents itself as the apex example of whether or not a person will do what is right without being forced to do it. No one would punish you for not returning the shopping cart. No one's going to fine you or kill you or any of these bad things for not returning the shopping cart. And there's no gain. There's no positive for you by actually returning the shopping cart. It's just a test in that way. So you must return the shopping cart out of the goodness of your own heart. You must return the shopping cart because it is the right thing to do and because it is correct. A person who is unable to do this is no better than an animal, a savage, and a person who is only made to do by what's right by threatening them with law and force that stands behind it. The shopping cart test is what determines whether a person is good or bad for society. Now, obviously, there's some hyperbole in there. It's a little bit aggressive, but I actually kind of think that's true because 
I return the shopping cart every time. I'm sure you do, Michelle. Good people return the shopping cart. Mm-hmm. But if you don't return the shopping cart, that's a bad look on you. And if I, for example, if I was in a job interview, you only need one question. Now, of course, people are probably going to lie and be like, oh yeah, of course I return the shopping cart. But I would never hire a person that didn't return the shopping cart because it's a perfect analogy for life. There is no gain out of it. It's just maintaining order. It's you being a good person. You're not going to get a pat on the back. You're not going to get paid for returning the shopping cart, but it's something that you should do as a normal and good human being in society. So I think the shopping cart test is actually kind of an amazing sort of situation or test for how good a person is. Thoughts? I agree with you. I think it is a good indicator as to the character of a person. If they care about others, you're going to return the shopping cart because you don't want someone else to have to pick up after you. You have respect for the people around you. You have respect for the business. But the problem here is, is like you mentioned, the people that don't return the shopping cart are never going to admit that they don't return the shopping cart. If you ask somebody, if you ask a non-cart returner, hey, what would you do in this scenario? They're going to lie and they're going to say, I would return the cart. Those people are also probably litterers because nobody who litters is like, hey, yeah, guess what? I litter. People do it on the low. They do it secretly because they know what a D-bag littering makes them. Just like the non-cart returners. They know it's the sketchy thing to do, but they're never going to admit that they're that person. But it's crazy, Michelle, because there are so many, there must be so many non-shopping cart returners because how many times have you pulled up the Whole Foods or Stop and Shop or wherever and you want to park in a parking spot, you're like, oh, this one's open. And then you go to take the left-hand turn and there's just a cart in the middle of the parking spot. The worst. It happens the worst. all the time. If you were to say a percentage of the population, what percentage do you think returns the shopping carts is the good person? 64%. I was going to say, I think it's probably around 60 to 70%. That means means there's 30% at least of people who don't return the shopping cart. Yeah, but there's a bad apple in any group. Okay, let's, in this hypothetical scenario, say we're talking about carts at Target. Let's say at the grocery store. Think about the different demographics of people that are inside that grocery store at the same time. These are people from different home environments, different socioeconomic environments. How do you know that that person was ever taught to put the cart back? What if they are just the product of their environment? What if their parents were non-cart returners and so they just don't know the difference? So this is like a chicken or the egg thing. Nature versus nurture. Did they become a shopping cart person or were they born a shopping cart person? (laughs) Or Um, did they turn into one? Yeah. Did their environment produce them to be a non-shopping cart person? If we're talking nature versus nurture, I typically side with nurture. But here's the thing. I think you could be a shopping cart returner and have parents that didn't teach you that, that didn't return the shopping cart. Cause I think you could have self, what have I always said in the show? Self-awareness and just knowing where you stand and not being in the way of people is probably the most important quality in a human being. And self-awareness is returning the shopping cart and not inconveniencing other people, not being a menace, even for the smallest thing of just the shopping cart, not being a menace to society and creating chaos and disorder. So I, uh, you're right. No one's ever going to admit that. Just like no one ever admits it there. And littering is a great example. Because I was going to ask you, what's an equivalent to not returning the shopping cart? Littering is a perfect example. Why would you ever litter? I'd never understand why you'd just be like, let me throw this bag out the window of my car. Insane person. Thing. Insane people thing. do that. And I don't know what satisfaction you get into other than just being a, a being of chaos. But there are a ton of people out there, sneaky. Like if you met someone and you instantly, you know how like you wear the scarlet letter kind of thing? We've talked about this in the past. Mm-hmm. And you could instantly know that this person was a cart returner or a not cart returner. If I met someone that wasn't a cart returner, I don't think I want to be friends with them. We, okay. We couldn't Hold be friends. On. How about this? Let's say you're not married to Maddie. You meet a girl. Oh, boy. You, fall, you fall in love with her. 
you guys start to cohabitate, okay? She's like, hey, we should move in together. You're like, yeah, you're spending a lot of time here. Let's get a place together. You move in together and you start going shopping together. After you already love her enough to live with her, you go to the store, you go to the car first, you go to pull out and you realize she has left the cart and the space next to you. Is it a deal breaker? Is being a cart person or a not a cart person something that could make or break a relationship? It would be a devastating turn of events in, in a relationship. <laughs> and honestly, it would probably be a catastrophic one. Wow. I, would, I, I would address it once. I'd say, hey, that's unacceptable. I'm sorry, you have to return the cart. <laughs> and hopefully she would learn from that situation. But this sounds that, like a dog, by the way, that, or like that, a little kid. <laughs> that seed is in the back of my mind now that, oh, she's probably been doing this for years. Here's why I don't think it would get that far. If you were to study the psychology of non-cart returners, you would also find that they're probably not clean or they don't pay their bills on time. Or there are a bunch of other red flags. It's a personality type. It's not just that one instance of you not returning a cart. There are probably many other red flags in those people's lives. I'm sure they don't handle other parts of society super well, or maybe they're not, you know, like I said, they're not cleanly or. Can I give you something here? Because I think you're onto something, but I think you have a hitch in your game here because it is a character flaw. For you to not return the cart is a character flaw. But I think that these people are clean and that they pay their bills on time because those are things that directly impact them. The cart returners are the people that litter because they don't care about others. They don't care about the people around them or the environment around them. And so they do things that only benefit them. So I wonder the guys on Wall Street that like scam people out of millions of dollars, right? Bernie Madoff. Bernie Madoff, probably not a cart returner. Oh, Bernie never returned a cart in his <laughs> life. Actually, though, I'm reading Talking to Strangers right now, Malcolm Gladwell, great book, and he dives into the Bernie Madoff thing. And the reason why it's so difficult for people to detect lies is because we default to truth a lot of the time. But they talk about how Bernie Madoff was such an interesting case study because he didn't in his personal life have really any red flags that he would be the type of guy that would scam people like that. So maybe he was a cart returner. He's so sociopathic. Yeah, but guys like- up the, He puts up the facade of being a cart returner and then he really deep down is inherently not one. No, because I think you meet Bernie Madoff or guys like that and you go, oh, he's a super personable guy. He's cool to hang out with. He's got money. He's interesting. But then you see that he doesn't return the cart and you go, hmm. Maybe I have this guy pegged wrong. That would be the first thing in the back of my mind where I go, something's off about this Bernie Madoff guy. He doesn't return his cards. Oh, mm, interesting. Turned out to be a <laughs> turn out to scheme people out of millions of dollars. You know what I mean? That's the seed that this bad person grows into. I think you're right. Maybe it isn't a cleanliness thing. It's other things where you have to blatantly not care about the well-being of other people or society. And I think uh, what are those things? It's littering. You're right. It's stealing money. You know, it's it's all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's such a simple thing, Michelle. It's such a stupid test, but I really do think you know, you can know everything you need to know about a person and their character based on whether or not they return that card or not. Bring this up at the dinner table, people listening to this podcast, because I think you're right. Yeah. And we want to hear your thoughts on this. Thanksgiving, you know, with your fam, figure out who's the cart returner and who's not. Take your guesses. And you know what? They get the stuffing last, man. If they're not a cart returner, they get to eat last at Thanksgiving because they suck. No, you kick them out of your house. <laughs> they don't belong here. You can leave kindly. I am so personally offended by littering. If I found out that someone in my family was a litterer, they're out. I one time, true story, I saw somebody, I was driving on the highway, I saw them throw a can, or I think it was actually probably like a McDonald's soda thing out of, out of their car window, on the highway, just threw it on the side of the road. And I 
chased them down in my car and got right on their bumper and road rage ensued. Like, you know me and road rage. I didn't confront them, I didn't follow them into the house, but I wanted them to make sure they knew that that is completely unacceptable. Could you imagine just driving around, just tossing a bag out of your window? What psychopath does that? I could never in a million years fathom that. Never. You can't just hold it in your car for 10 more minutes until you get home. You have to throw it out the damn window. Again, the psychology of someone like that, I'm so fascinated to know, like, what made you that way? That's the person, you know, the Michael Caine quote from uh, The Dark Knight. Some people no, just want to see the- familiar. Well, you should know, because it's a great <laughs> quote. Some people just want to see the world burn. That's the literature. He just wants to see the world burn. He's throwing trash outside. Just diabolical people, diabolical. Okay, anyway. well, let's, let's turn this around, Steve. Now that I'm bummed out that there's all these people out there that don't return the cart, let's do a draft. It's time to do the Love holiday it. draft, holiday draft. Who had first pick last time? I believe the last draft was the chip draft, right? Yes, and you had the first pick, but I'm willing to offer you a proposition here. Oh, okay, shoot. Because in our draft scenarios, when you get the first pick, you get pick one, and you know, the other person gets two and three. So yep. there is some value sometimes in picking second and third. I pick first this time, but I actually don't want the first pick. Would you be willing to switch with me? Okay, I'm gonna drive a hard bargain here because I know why you wanna do this because there's two I think that you really, really want. And there's one that I really, really want. And then I actually have on my third tier, like we're doing holiday tiers here. I have a more robust third tier than I do second tier. Okay. So I'm okay doing this, but then I want first pick in the following draft as well. Okay, deal. Another question though. Okay. Where do we stand on holidays? Because in doing my research for this, some places would consider New Year's Eve and New Year's Day two separate holidays. Where do we stand on that? We have to lay some ground rules here. Um, I would say that if you pick one that both are in there for me okay. for, for New Year's. I would say that's a package deal. Like Christmas and Christmas Eve is one thing. Package deal. Okay, that's what I wanted to hear. I think I agree with you. I've said this before at the beginning of the pod. I think the back end of this draft is gonna determine the winner or the loser. So if you're cool with it, you take first pick and I'll take two and three. And then you get first pick in the next draft as well. Deal, and we do five each, right? Five each, here we go. Okay, with the first overall pick in the Small Talk Holiday Draft, thank you, Steve, for the amazing gift that you have given me here, no pun intended. I'm going Christmas, okay? Christmas is the easy slam dunk number one overall pick in the Holiday Draft for several reasons. First of all, it's not even one day. Here's the thing about Christmas and Christmas Eve. It's not even one or two days. It's basically an entire month that you get to celebrate and bask in an amazing feeling of joy and of giving and of togetherness and of thinking about someone other than yourself. And I love that about Christmas. I absolutely love that gift giving is part of it because it's not, oh, I really want a new watch. It's I have to give Steve a gift. And so I need to think about something super special to give Steve. Not to mention, there is just the essence of Christmas that I think puts everyone in a better mood. For instance, I decided I am throwing up my Christmas decorations early this year. 2020 has been a son of a bitch and I need an infusion of joy in my life. Normally I am a steady, you do not put the tree up until after Thanksgiving girl, but 2020, everything's out the window. So I have to tell you, Steve, my Nights are infinitely better that I get to turn off the lights and turn on that tree. I'm watching football by the light of the tree and we're in November. So I feel like I am celebrating Christmas even a month early. So I'm taking Christmas. I mean, you got Santa in the mix. You got Rudolph. 
We've got Elf. We've got an entire genre of movies dedicated mm -hmm. to this holiday. Jesus is the reason for the season. But man, are you getting joy all around? <laughs> we are feeling the okay. love all around with Christmas. Uh, it's the 100% the right pick. Christmas is number one. Let's get that out of the way. It's like the California of the state draft. You take it one, it's the LeBron James of this draft. It is what it is. There's nothing else up there. I love Christmas, but I'd rather have two other holidays than Christmas at number one, if that makes sense. But here's the thing. I want to ask you about this, because I think you're right. All the things you said, our Christmas decorations are already up here at the Surrey household. Maddie put them up like two weeks ago. But it's great. I love it, because it's awesome to have the light in the Christmas tree when you're watching television, have that on the background. We have some garland with some nice lights in it as well. It makes you feel good. It's a good time of year. It's cool. And I do kind of feel like we skip over Thanksgiving as a society now, where it's like as soon as Halloween's over, all of a sudden now it's Christmas season. Now you can start playing Christmas music. I do feel like we're, we've jumped the gun or we've jumped the shark a little bit on that. Give it till Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving, I'm okay the entire month of December, you know, celebrate Christmas. But it does feel a little bit early in early November to be celebrating Christmas. But this is why I kind of wanted to give you this pick. I actually like Christmas Eve more than I like Christmas Day. Thoughts? So do I. I think it's the Italian in us. I don't know how you do your Christmas, but Christmas Eve is a big thing in Italian families. You usually do the Feast of the Seven Fishes. The we, fish, get to open, yep. we get to open one gift, then we go to Midnight Mass. Don't know if that's in the mix this year. but And that's the thing, too, about Christmas is more than any other holiday. It is so seeped in tradition. When I think about my family and things that I will pass down to my children, so much of it is stemmed in Christmas. We talk about the Feast of the Seven Fishes. We talk about, we do lasagna every year, midnight mass. These are routines and rituals and traditions that are established within your family. And you don't really have that for a lot of other holidays in the same manner in which you do for Christmas. So not only do you get J-I and G-L-E bells, you get some nice, Steve, we've got bangers, okay? We've got holiday movies that are amazing. You can watch Elf, you can watch Love Actually, you can watch Miracle on 34th Street if you really, really want to on a slow day. And we've got an entire catalog of tunes that are bangers. The Instant Christmas album. I don't even need to bring up more. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. How about Frank Sinatra, White Christmas? It's one of the best albums ever recorded in the history of music. You had a plan here and it's really backfired on you. No, because I mean, I assumed in trading this pick that you were going to take Christmas and I was okay with that. And here's why, because I'm going to take my next two picks because I'd rather have these two, I think, than Christmas. Everybody knows... I love this holiday and I'm just going to take it. I don't even know if it's number two, but I feel like I have to take it here because I've talked it up so much. You know, I love Halloween. So I'm taking Halloween with my, with my, with my first pick and the second overall pick. But let me explain this for a second because Halloween is what people think New Year's is. It's New Year's without the letdown. You get to dress up. Although, you know, I love the creative costume aspect of it, but there's not this pressure on this massive night like it is with New Year's. New Year's is always a disappointment. Why? Because there's always this pressure to like do something at midnight or be in a really cool place or to be at a bar with all these people that you like. But it never ends up being that way. Halloween is awesome because you dress up in an awesome creative costume. You go to a house party and play drinking games with your friends. I love scary movies. Who doesn't love candy? Here's the thing. You talk about the movie stuff with Christmas, but I love scary movies, Michelle. I love scary movies. The entire month of October, I'm watching scary movies, and Maddie hates them, and it is one thing, so I kind of watch them by myself. But the whole month of October, I love because it's Al Hollow's Eve. It's the pumpkins are out. It's just a really cool feeling, and it's my favorite season. So Halloween, to me, I don't know if it's number two. It's, it's number one in my heart. I love Halloween, so I guess I have to take it here. Most people are probably going to think this is a stretch, but I really don't. I think Halloween is an awesome holiday. So what just happened here is that you took a running back 
in the first round. No way. No you way. You took a running back, which you know you should never pay running back. You should never draw a running back this early. And what I have done is I went ahead and not only selected the franchise quarterback, Christmas is like a franchise quarterback, a lockdown left tackle, and maybe a good defensive end all mixed into one. That's how much of a slam dunk it is. And I'm telling you, you made a huge mistake drafting Halloween number two. I'm okay huge with you taking mistake. that, though. I'm okay. I like Christmas. Um, it's the number one pick, but I'd rather have two and three. And again, Halloween is so much more fun. Like, I like the trick-or-treating aspect of it, right? I like seeing you know everyone dress up in costumes, the scary movie aspect of it. I think all that, to me, is way cooler. Even though the season of Christmas, I understand it's like a jovial thing. Everyone is you know in the spirit of the holiday. I get that. But I just enjoy Halloween way, way more. So now I have two picks in a row, right? So I have to make my next pick. And this, this is why is I- This is interesting. This, this is why I traded the pick. And I don't have a strong three. I have a few things that I really like. But I think I have to go the safe pick here. And I think I have to go with Thanksgiving for the number three pick, number two for me. I don't actually love turkey, Michelle. I don't, I mean, I, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, gross, turkey's disgusting. I'll take it. The sides are unbelievable. The food at Thanksgiving is infinitely better than the food on Christmas. Okay, period. End of story. I don't think there's any debating that. Now, we talked about Christmas Eve. Yeah, there is. There was a love, debate there. We do love the Christmas Eve food because at my house, we had shrimp scampi and it was delicious. But you're talking about mac and cheese. You're talking about mashed potatoes, sweet potato pie, crispy Brussels sprouts, all of the different actual dessert pies on Thanksgiving. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Plus, again, you know me, on brand. It's another fall holiday, so obviously it's right in my wheelhouse. And, you know, Christmas Day, you get NBA games, Michelle, which is okay, but there's really no big sports thing on Christmas. You get NFL. You get, you get a whole slate of NFL games on Thanksgiving Day. You eat a bunch of turkey. You eat a bunch of, of, of Thanksgiving sides. You're full. You lay on the couch. Yeah, maybe you have to watch some Detroit Lions early in the day, and it kind of sucks. But you probably have some money on the game, so it's okay. You know, you come, your fantasy players are involved as well. You're sitting there next to your uncle debating whether or not who's a good quarterback or not. That, to me, is super fun. And then by the time the night game comes around, the night game is usually a really good game. So you have a, not only do you have the great food situation, but you also have football on all day. I would argue Thanksgiving – is kind of the ultimate American holiday in a way. So I'd rather have Halloween and Thanksgiving than Christmas. People are going to disagree with me, but I would rather have those two. So for Christmas, you've got pasta, you've got an amazing salad, you've got rolls in the salad. mix. Get out of here with salad. I'm just what saying. Is, you've had enough. I know you eat leaves all the day, all day and every day now, but come on. The salad should not be your, your selling point here. Okay, you get a multitude of desserts, including things with peppermint in it, which peppermint is better than pumpkin. You know it's true. Okay, another, another, you know it's true. Uh, another perfect example. I think mint, the flavor of mint should only be in toothpaste and mints. It shouldn't be anything else. I don't want it in my ice cream. I don't want it in my chocolate. I don't want it in my Oreos. I don't want it in anything. It's a mint. It's cleaning your mouth. It's not for pleasure. <laughs> Hot take. Hot take. Wow. Thanksgiving is the most over- rated holiday on this board. As you mentioned, you wake up in the morning and you throw in the Thanksgiving parade, the Macy's parade. Oh, that's, like, I don't care eh, about that. Yeah. It's a tradition, but it's, oh, cool, a big blow up Snoopy. And then, um, what's the guy I'm thinking of? Uh, Harry Connick Jr. is singing again. Great. <laughs> yeah. Al Roker's out there for some reason doing his thing. I don't care. I don't watch the yeah. parade. I don't, the parades are, parades are terrible, Idol. first off. Parades unbelievably overrated. I don't understand the thought of parades. I certainly don't want to go, let alone watch it on TV. 
So you've got a man parade to kick off your day. And you're exactly right. As you're prepping for everyone to come over, you've got to watch the very terrible Detroit Lions play, which that early Thanksgiving game is usually a dud, okay? Then you have all your family come over and you have to wait to eat because you have one big meal that you have to sit down for. Usually on Christmas, you've got a little antipas going, maybe have some bruschetta in the mix. There's some appetizers there. And while at Thanksgiving you have appetizers, you're very judicious with what you eat because you're saving up for the big event. So you're usually hangry by the time you sit down with your family and maybe a little drunk because you haven't eaten a lot and you've been sipping a little something. Then you get to the actual menu and it's so lame. You just have a turkey. It's too savory. It's too savory. It's so overrated. The pies are fine. And then, yeah, great. We get to watch the Cowboys again on Thanksgiving night. And then, by the way, then you have to be like, oh, wow, it's getting dark really, really early. So now I'm really full and really tired. And I either drive home early or I stick around and watch the Cowboys. Okay. Half of those things you could also apply to Christmas that you're, that you're counting as negatives. It's dark on Christmas too. What do you get on Christmas day? You get the Oklahoma City Thunder playing the Houston Rockets at noon. Come on. Sick. No, uh, no. You know what I'm doing? I'm watching Christmas Story on TBS for the no, third time. No. Incredibly overrated movie. I'll go to my what grave on that. About? My dad loved. That's the shoot your eye out one. Is that yeah, the shoot your eye? So no, good. get out of here. I knew you would like that. Get out of here. I think there are so many overrated Christmas movies. Plus, I'm so annoyed by the group of people that are like, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Is this a Christmas movie? Just because Christmas is vaguely involved in the movie, it doesn't make it a Christmas movie, guys, okay? I don't know what to tell you. Die Hard's not a Christmas movie, period. So wait, is Mean Girls a Christmas movie? No, it's, Mean Girls isn't associated with any holiday. It isn't. It exists in its own world. I think it encompasses Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. It's none of those. It sits by itself. I don't want to hear this, oh, it's a Christmas movie, it's not a Christmas movie. BS. So I feel like half the arguments you made against Thanksgiving could also be applied for Christmas. Why can't I get tipsy on early on Thanksgiving too? You could only get tipsy early on Christmas? No, I said you're getting early tipsy on Thanksgiving. You're not eating enough because you're saving for the meal so you don't have the, the stuff to soak it up. And also here's the thing too is on Christmas, we always have a Christmas dinner or a Christmas. It's like a late afternoon or it's like a but, late lunch, early but dinner, but we wait more. You're grazing. No, more. I'm grazing. I'm eating the crescent rolls on Thanksgiving. I'm eating a bunch of appetizers. Yeah. Again, I get it. I'm not even sitting here saying I love turkey because I don't. And I said that before, but the sides make Thanksgiving. I'd rather have mac and cheese and mashed potatoes and all the things that I said before than anything, than an antipasto. And I'm Italian. I love antipasto, but antipasto is not a selling point to me. Great. You take your mediocre football and your turkey coma because I'm up next and I'm about to rock your world. Give me the red, white, and blue. We are going 4th of July with my second pick. I cannot believe that you left this one on the board. I thought you wanted number two and three because I thought you won 4th of July. And that's what made me hesitate. The fact that I got both of these is a shocker. This is a draft shocker. If first take was doing this breakdown, the next day, Stephen A would be like, can you believe Saruti? He left for the July on the board. That's deplorable. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray. <laughs> deplorable. Absolutely deplorable. Let me tell you why I feel confident in 4th of July. It's in the summertime. It's representing our great nation. You get time off of work. Normally, you're going out of town. You're spending time on, on a body of water. There's, again, a lot of great songs that exhibit our patriotism. And it just reminds us why it's so great to live in this country. Fourth of July, we've got great food. We're apple pie, Steve. We've got drinking games. 
4th of July is truly, I might even take that number two, it's that good. 4th of July is a really good holiday. And it was a, it was a tough debate for me. I kind of felt like Halloween and 4th of July are very similar, although different times of year, obviously, but they're both house party drinking games in your backyard or in your living room, right? And that's a vibe that I really love. I took Thanksgiving because I felt like I needed a big grandiose holiday more than I needed another uh, another smaller get together in your backyard holiday. But the only thing I'll say about 4th of July that's annoying is I hate fireworks. We hate know. Them. Hate them. They kind of ruin the holiday. Uh, especially for anyone who has dogs because they make your dogs go insane. But also I've never understood the point of people lighting fireworks in their backyard. It's just, it's insane. It's super dangerous. Like look at JPP. He's got like three fingers now. So it's a great holiday. It's awesome. You're right. Day drinking. It's amazing. It also has to be nice out though. Remember that. I don't have very many negative things to say about 4th of July other than the fact that just fireworks might be the most overrated thing on the entire list of things that make up why these holidays are fun. Fireworks are awesome. Don't do them yourself. Be careful. I love a good firework show. I love the 4th of July. I'm just thinking now about all the great things at 4th of July. You've got a great pie or a great cake, I should say, with the strawberries and the blueberries that comprise the flag. You've got a lot of dips happening in a backyard or on a boat somewhere. And you just feel good. It's like the one day of the year where despite all the bullshit that might be happening in our country, you're like, this is still a great place to live. And I'm proud to be from the US of A. Yeah, I mean, mm, I'm with you. I'm with you. I oh, love it. I, Euro Steve, Euro Steve. No, 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 not Euro. It's, it's a whole, there's a whole different faction of the country that no longer wants to appreciate the 4th of July. We won't even get into that. But I'm with you. I love 4th of July. It's a great holiday. It's a great pick by you. And I think uh, worthy of the number four pick. Okay. Oh, number four. <laughs> nice. Good call. It's all, it's all comes full circle. Okay. So this is my, this will be the fifth pick and my third pick here. This is where I think the draft gets really interesting because I think you can go in a lot of different directions. New Year's Eve still on the board. I'm actually not going to go with that. I'm going to take St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day is actually sneaky awesome. It's basically the 4th of July, but for people who want to feel like they're Irish, it is totally acceptable to day drink outside in the middle of a street, right? I'm sure, I don't know what it's like in St. Louis, but here in Connecticut and Hartford, they basically shut down all the streets and you can walk around all the bars and bar hop, open container laws, nobody cares about them whatsoever. They're just drunk people in green walking all over the place. It's an incredible day. It's super fun. It's a little bit dependent on the weather because the weather can't be too, too bad. But if we're talking about outside day drinking days, St. Patrick's Day is unbelievable. Plus, I love corned beef, Michelle. I love corned beef, whether it's on a sandwich with my eggs and a corned beef hash. The Irish have done a lot of great things. Potatoes are one of them, and I love potatoes. But corn, <laughs> corned beef, Michelle, is one of my favorite foods. So on that alone, I'm taking St. Patrick's Day. Okay, shout out to the Irish. Plus, for their plus St. Patrick's Day, great John Mayer song. Underrated John Mayer song. Unrelated, but yes. Of course you would pick a holiday based on a John Mayer song. <laughs> and I'm really glad that you picked St. Patrick's Day because it wasn't even on my board because- That's I'm, insane. It wasn't on your board? It's not on my board because I'm an adult. I drink when I want. The weather is always, always terrible on St. Patrick's no. Day and people get sloppy. It's just an excuse for people to drink and I don't need an excuse. Yeah, I think you kind of do need, especially as an adult. You want to look forward to a day where it's like, hey, St. Patrick's Day, I'm going to get after it today, get a little bit weird and maybe walk home and I don't know, do your thing. I get what you're saying. You're an adult, you can drink whenever you want, but you do need scheduled drinking days. You need something to look forward to. And I always look forward to St. Patrick's Day because it's super fun and it's a time when you can just kind of get weird and no one will judge you for it. 
you know what? I can look forward to a Friday. I don't need to throw. No, but the average Friday, Michelle, let's not act like the average, let's not act like people are drinking in the middle of the street. No open container lawns on a random Friday. Steve, I live in Missouri. You can drink anywhere you want here. I don't live in Connecticut where you can't buy booze at the grocery store. You're acting. need a day. You're acting like the St. Patrick's Day vibes are on a random Friday in the middle of February or in the middle of November. That's not how it works, Michelle. You know, you know that St. Patrick's Day is a day of drinking that almost everyone in the entire country looks forward to. And I also love the fact that everybody, you know, embraces their inner Irish, whether you're 100% or 0%. It's an all-encompassing, all-welcoming holiday as well. All people welcome. If you were going to pick a holiday centered around drinking, you should have gone Cinco de Mayo because a margarita is better than a Guinness any day. I wouldn't debate you on that. I think they're both really great. They're both very similar holidays. Well, then, what's your next pick then? Okay, Halloween is off the board. I got to see what I've got here. New Year's Eve still on the board. Interesting. I don't know what to do here because there's two that I want and I don't. Okay. I think I'm going to, I'm going to make a prediction here. I'm going to go ahead and write down one, two, three next to the three that I want. And I predict that I'm going to get all of them because I don't think that you're going to take well, any if you of didn't have, If you didn't have St. Patrick's Day on the list, I don't know how you got to 10. Because we each had 10. We each ranked 10. Mm-hmm. And I struggled to get to 10. And St. Patrick's Day was six on my list. Okay, interesting. Well, then I'm going to go ahead and snag New Year's Eve. Because while you don't love it, it's sneaky. Probably after Christmas, my favorite holiday. I love getting dressed up. I love drinking champagne. And more importantly, I love what New Year's Eve represents. Now, of course, we all make resolutions that we never stick to, but I love the idea of a clean start, of a fresh slate. I love the idea of taking a look inward and saying, okay, what is something about myself that I want to improve and that I want to make a resolution for the next year? And I think it's a great time to get together to count down the end of something and start something fresh normally with people that you love. And you get to make out. What other holiday is centered around making out? I mean, I'm sure you make out with a lot of randos on, uh, at least, I don't know, back in the day. There's a lot of people making out on the streets of St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, that's yeah, just how it happened. People yeah. in the streets just finding love in a hopeless dump. That's what happens. Uh, uh, I, I don't- Kiss me on Irish, you're right. Exactly. I don't hate New Year's Eve. I just Here's the problem with New Year's Eve, is the lead up to it, the suspense. You want it to be great. And it, you're right. If you have really great plans on New Year's Eve, it's great. It's too often a letdown. It's so often. I would say one in every like three or four years is a really good New Year's Eve. The hit rate on it is so low. Now- You're not doing it right. You're not- what it, well, Take us through what your typical New Year's is. Because I don't, I mean, there are some years where, yeah, I like to dress up and you go to an extravagant party. We did it a couple years ago. There's this place called the Aquaturf in Connecticut, which is this banquet center and they throw this massive party. I've been there. Yeah, it's, it's fun, but I don't want to do that every year. It's fun every, once every couple of years. I like to mix it up. But you know me, I'm much more of a house party person than I am a go-out person, which is why I picked all the, probably the holidays that I picked. Um, so I just feel like New Year's is always, it's more often a letdown than it is a really booming good time. But even if you're just playing board games with your friends on New Year's Eve and drinking with them, it's still fun to look around and be like, okay, we made it past 2019 and we're into 2020 or I mean, everyone is going to be making sure they're celebrating getting out of 2020 and heading into 2021. It's going to be the biggest New Year's ever. (laughs) It's going to be the biggest New Year's ever. But I love a countdown. I love- No, it's fun. Everybody in that specific time zone is standing together and they're counting down into something. It's a very sneaky sense of unity that New Year's provides. True, but- I would also put the New Year's Day New York ball drop thing up there with the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Neither of them I want any part of. I don't want to watch them. They're just, they're boring to me. And I would never, ever go there. 
period. Yeah, if, if some of those crowds in New Year's is in the middle of, well, no, it's the end of December and the beginning of January. It's fucking yeah. freezing cold outside. Totally. There's no amount of money you can pay me to stand in New York City around millions of people where you feel like a sardine in a can and, you know, everyone's drunk around you and it's freezing cold. That sounds like my personal nightmare. So I don't want any part of that. The only reason I throw it on is so that we can have the countdown. Yeah, that's true. I guess you, you do need it for that purpose. But I'm not watching all these performers. I don't, I don't need to see Lady Gaga, your girl. I don't need to see whoever, all these random performers that I don't even know. Hard pass. Who usually hosts that? I don't even remember. It's Andy Cohen. and Andy Cohen. Cooper, your boy, Andy Cohen. That's right. Yes. That's right. Uh, with all due respect to both those guys, not interested. It doesn't catch my attention. It's not a bad pick. I just feel like New Year's is always a letdown. Okay, you're up, number four. All right, so this is a really difficult one. I'm interested, so you were picking between that and one other holiday, and then you mentioned the one that I'm going to take right now. I'm taking Cinco de Mayo. Oh my God, Cinco de Mayo, I feel like is super underrated. I'm obsessed with Mexican food, and I love margaritas, as everyone knows. Plus, the Cinco de Mayo, May 5th, it's actually my dad's birthday. So we always throw a party called, and actually Maddie coined this phrase, we call it, we call it Cinco de Joe, which is my dad's name. We just throw a big bang where we get a bunch of Mexican food, drink a bunch of margaritas, have a good time. And Cinco de Mayo is an under, it's kind of like St. Patrick's Day in a way where everyone's welcome, you know, into eating and drinking Mexican food and embracing the culture. Mexican culture is actually really cool. I love the Dia de los Muertos stuff. I love Cinco de Mayo. So I think it's not quite the drinking holiday that St. Patrick's Day is, but it's, it's a close second and it's in nicer weather. So I think Cinco de Mayo is a great pick. See, what does Cinco de Mayo celebrate? Uh, the Mexican independence, doesn't it? but you're not sure? I'm pretty sure it's the Mexican. Let's look it up. I feel like just like St. Patrick's Day, though, it's a reason for us to drink and we don't even know what we're drinking for. Who cares? What does it matter? I mean, I'm I, you know, I know people would be like, oh, you know, you're, you're culture vulture, but it is the annual celebration. Uh, the date is reserved to commemorate the Mexican army's victory over the French empire in the Battle of uh, Puebla, May 5th, 1862. So there you go. What's up? What's up? Not even on my list. What do you have on your list if St. Patrick's Day and Cinco de Mayo are on there? I don't even know. I will tell you, buckle up, because my fourth pick, you're going to love. Oh, I said this to Maddie. I'm like, if you even put Valentine's Day on this, Valentine's Day is the worst holiday. So go ahead. Go ahead. Well, with my fourth pick, we're going with Valentine's Day, man. We are going with the day of love. And let me tell you why. February is a terrible month. It is cold. It is dark. There is no bright spots except for February 14th. And I don't care that it's a Hallmark holiday. I don't care that it has all these expectations surrounded it. Whether it's your kids or your family or your significant other or your friends, what is better than finding a way to express that you love people? And I know you are not a big love guy. I am a big ball of love. I love to do sweet things for people. On Valentine's Day, speaking of sweets, you get a lot of great candy in the mix. We're making cupcakes. We are making cookies. We're putting together little Valentine's Day treats for people. And usually it's a fun date night. You get to have a special dinner or, you know, even if you do like a little gift just to say, hey, guess what? I know that I don't need a reason to tell you I love you, but I love you, babe. Wow. Wasn't even on my list. If we did a ranking, a draft of the worst holidays, I would draft Valentine's Day number one. It's a totally bullshit holiday made up for people who want to love love. If you love somebody, show them the other 364 days a year. If you only show the affection on Valentine's Day, you're probably in a terrible relationship. It's awful. And I actually don't hate Valentine's Day for me specifically because you're right. It's time where me and Maddie can go out and get a really nice dinner and it's great. 
But if I was dating someone, I remember all the years of dating someone, it was all this pressure about, do I get chocolates? How many flowers do I get? What kind of flowers do I get? Is she going to like this? Is she not going to like this? There's so much BS pressure on this day. And again, it's in the middle of February. Yeah. Okay. It's, you say it's something to look forward to, but it's in the worst month of the entire year, basically. Right. Um, it's also, a bright the, also, spot. also the Super Bowl's in February. So that's the best part of February, I would argue, is not Valentine's Day. So I don't like this contrived bullshit made up holiday by the government to sell chocolates and teddy bears. It's really just an empty gesture. Oh, yeah, I guess today I have to buy flowers to get I guess today I have to, you know, show this person that I love them. It just feels so inauthentic, Michelle. And I, I honestly thought you were better than that. You're right, Steve. People should be expressing love 364 days a year, but sometimes people need that extra boost, and that's where February 14th comes in. And I'm sorry that you may have all this contrived pressure on you to do something special, but I feel like if you really love someone, you don't have to do something major. You could write well, them a letter. You could cook them their favorite meal. You could maybe take your dogs for a walk instead of letting her do it. There's a lot of little low-key things you could do on Valentine's Day to express your love, and that's the beauty of it. It's just acknowledging that you love people and eating some candy. Okay, well, there are several other holidays that are better for candy than Valentine's Day, but I, I talked about my relationship a ton. It's great, Valentine's Day is great because there is no perceived pressure or you know expectations on the day, really. It's just a day for both of us to just hang out and enjoy each other. But I know for a lot of people out there, it's a hard and stressful day to figure out if you get it right, to make sure that the date situation is right. Did you take her to the right restaurant? Typically, the pressure is on the dude. Let's be honest there as well. And Michelle, you're not even pointing out, what about the single people? They're totally left out of this day. It's like a depressing day for single people. No, it's not. You have friends that you love. You have family not that you the love. Same. You might have a dog that same. you love. There's love all around, Steve. Love is all around us. And by mm -hmm. the way, you want to talk about pressure? I think that cooking a meal on Thanksgiving is way more pressure than scheduling a date for Valentine's Day or maybe buying some flowers. You have to time that shit just correct to make sure that the sides are done when the turkey is done, that it's at the right time of the day so that you can coordinate it with your football watching. It is stressful. That is the most stressful holiday there is because of the timing of the cooking. Uh, I won't disagree with you on the stress of Thanksgiving, Come but I, that's why we leave it up to my mom or my aunts. They know what they're doing. Oh, uh, they're, okay. they're, so they're pros they're gonna, in this. They're going to rip my day of love in favor of a day where you push things off on other people. I see what you're Yeah, doing. but my mom loves this shit. Moms love this shit. Oh, get out of here with this garbage. You know, you know damn oh, well that's not who I am. It's not, it's not even <laughs> my problem on Thanksgiving. So I'll just leave the card here and my mom and my aunts will take care of it. Yeah, but I don't know about your mom and your aunts. Although I could, I could take a guess. This is like their Super Bowl. They love cooking meals for people. It gets them high. So it's not like some, <laughs> it's not like some big burden that I'm asking my mom or my aunts to do this. They love doing this because they love cooking. Cooking, especially in, you know, you know, in an Italian family, is a way to show love. It's a way to show pride and you know your affection for people by cooking them a great meal. So there's no negative connotation towards the cooking situation on Thanksgiving. Whereas, they, you know, I don't know, Valentine's Day, it's made up. It's bullshit. It's a government holiday. Get out of here. It would be the number one pick on the worst holidays that are in existence. So all right, all right, we, each have one, we each have one pick left, right? Yep. What's your final pick? I want to hear All right. It. I've got one, two, three, three things left on my list that haven't been picked yet. I'm just going to take the highest one on the board. Uh, I'm going to go with Memorial Day. Okay. Memorial Day is officially the kickoff of summer. It's not quite uh, 4th of July, but it's a similar sort of thing. But the best part about Memorial Day is, you know, when you hit Memorial Day, great things are ahead, right? Summer's ahead, all these awesome stuff, but you can have a barbecue. Um, typically we go to the Cape of my family and have this big get together. It kicks off the start of summer. It kicks off arguably the best time of year. So Memorial Day for me is, uh, is an easy number five pick. 
okay? You know what? I'm gonna actually, you zigged, I'm gonna zag because the number three on my list was going to be Veterans Day. And not because of all the things you mentioned, Steve, but because of the troops, because I respect and love the troops. And you also get a day off work, but we get to live in this country and we get to do this podcast and we get to talk about all of this BS because of people that protect and serve. So I was going to pick Veterans Day, but now you know what I'm doing? On number five here for me, I'm throwing Father's Day in the mix. No, okay? yeah. what is, what is this? And what are you talking me, about? Let me tell you why. We love our moms. We love Mother's Day. Mother's Day usually is about- What a slight family. to moms. I, just listen, just listen. What, what? Let me explain. Mrs. Smallman's going to be like, what the hell? What happened to me? Will you let me explain? Mother's Day is amazing. Moms do it all. Moms are the real MVPs, and we know this, and they deserve their day to be showered with adoration, okay? They have earned it. But Mother's Day is usually a beautiful brunch. Flowers are involved. It's very elegant. Maybe we're going to a spa. We're doing things for mom, and it's typically right here on the Richter scale, right? It's a peaceful day. Mother's Day is a peaceful day. On Father's Day, we take it up a notch. It's summertime. We are barbecuing. The Smallmans do the Smallman Open, so we've got some competition, and so we've got a very intense golf tournament with a big trophy as our reward. Usually, there's a great playlist on Father's Day because the dads are in charge. We've got some Eagles, some Steely Dan. Maybe we've got some Red Hot Chili Peppers if my dad decides to take it up. Get a little usually, weird, nice. There's usually a lot of beer involved on Father's Day. I don't know how other people celebrate Father's Day, but our Father's Day in the Smallman clan is always a good time. So while I do love and respect the troops, I've got to give Father's Day the nod as my final pick on the holiday draft. I mean, the only thing I could take out of this is you disrespecting the troops and you disrespecting mothers. <laughs> that's a, I mean, that's all I Excuse could take me. out of this. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm disrespecting the troops. You talked about Memorial Day. You didn't even mention the fall. Well, let me, let me, let me mention Memorial Day. I will say this too. I'm obviously Memorial Day. You know, you know, I'm a big history guy. I you love weren't even going to mention World the War troops. II. I love World War One. Um, well, I know, but we were talking about this in, in a fun way, so I didn't want to bring up like the other side of this, but it is really cool to remember all the people who, and Memorial Day is very different than Veterans Day. I mean, Memorial Day is for the people who, you know, gave their lives for the country. It's, it's, it's an amazing day, and we celebrate it by cooking hot dogs and hamburgers in the backyard and drinking a bunch of Bud Lights, which is, what, what is more America than that? Come on. Nothing. Um, but part of the reason I do love Memorial Day is because of the background. Right. So I, you're right. I should have mentioned that. And I'm, but all, all I can think about is you picking dads over the veterans and mothers. Like, what is this? I gave a shout out to the mothers and I gave a shout out to the troops and the veterans and the fallen, but because you have left it on the board for the purposes of the draft, I had to take it. I said, I've said it, this would be the third time I said it, this draft would be won and lost by the late picks and I dominated you in picks three through five. Dominated you. Because you picked two two picks cultural drinking holidays and you picked Memorial Day. Uh, let's be three cultural drinking holidays, so get it right. And your top two, Christmas and, and Fourth of July, really good picks. But after that, ugh, pass. Valentine's Day and Father's Day? What are we doing? I, it's, I feel like I won this in a landslide. You're top heavy. I'm good throughout. I'm okay with being top heavy. I've dealt with that before. But let me tell you, let me tell you, I feel great about all my picks. And I feel like I could still get Veterans Day. You know what else was on my list was April Fool's Day. Oh, that's the the only other day worse than Valentine's Day is April Fool's Day. I misspoke. April Fool's is the worst holiday there is, period. It's a bunch of people who aren't funny acting like they're funny because they told you something that's not true. Get out of here. Prank. I love a good prank. I love April Fool's Day. All right, set it on Johnny Knoxville. Um, I had, so the, the other two that didn't get drafted on my list were I had Hanukkah on there. I didn't know if that was in Christmas, but think about the idea of 
I didn't grow up Jewish. Maddie is half Jewish. Um, think about the idea of you get presents for eight straight days. Plus the food, the Jewish yeah. food that they make is unbelievably good. It's like totally. actually very underrated. So Hanukkah was an undrafted, definitely a good undrafted for agent for me. And I also put Super Bowl Sunday, not technically a holiday, but it's actually a really fun day because you get to eat and drink a bunch of stuff and watch great football. Totally agree. My undrafteds were April Fool's Day, Easter. Hello, Easter. Easter's terrible. Easter would be the third worst holiday of the bunch. When I think about Easter, I think about having to go to church in the morning and then wearing terrible pastel clothes and it's probably raining out because it's April. It's a terrible time of year. That's why I didn't pick it, by the way, because it's morning. It's morning heavy and the weather's always bad. Yep. When it's good, when the weather is good, it is good. If you can go to outdoor mass, that's always, that's always the play. So I had April Fool's Day, Easter, Veterans Day. Thank you again for your service. And then I had Father's Day and Mother's Day together. And I just <laughs> thought I would steal Father's Day because of the small and open. You have to understand it's a family tradition and it's so fun. And I think people... And okay, I don't know, Steve, if you ever did this, but in college and our sorority, well, just Illinois in general, they had mom's weekend and dad's weekend. And mom's weekend, mm. again, was very special. We had all these nice dinners and brunches and it was, it was just a certain level of sophistication. When the dad showed up, Steve, we went to a football game. We were partying at the bars. We were playing beer pong at the frat houses. When the dads get their moment to shine, the dads take it up a notch disrespectful to the mothers out there. I just want to say this. I'm sorry. I, I'm apologizing for Michelle to all the moms out there for just disrespecting Mother's Day like that. I can't believe it. Can I just get them as a package deal? Nope. You get one. Yeah, that's, the, that's why I didn't even have them on my list because I didn't want to pick one over the other. It's too controversial. Oh, but you pick Memorial Day over Veterans Day. Well, Memorial Day, I'm just saying, you it's, a, it's a little bit heavier and it's actually like a day where you celebrate stuff, where you celebrate, where you can go out and have a barbecue. Nobody's having barbecues on Veterans Day. It's a totally different thing. Come on. Okay, so let's run through our picks. Michelle, I got the I got the troops covered. Okay, don't worry about me and the troops. <laughs> the troops are good. The troops are the, yeah. the troops are accounted for with serenity. Okay, so my list was Christmas, Fourth of July, New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day, which is a sneaky winner for me, and Father's Day. Yeah, you you know that drawing that's always a meme where it's a horse and the, and the head of the horse is really, really nice and well drawn and then the, the rest of it is it looks like a toddler drew it. That's how your draft went. It started off really strong and then you completely fell off a cliff at about pick three. So I, I disagree. You're super top heavy. I, Christmas and Fourth of July, two great holidays. But after that, you leave a lot to be desired. All right, my list, just to recap, um, I picked Halloween, probably too high for somebody, but it is my favorite holiday. I had to get it. Thanksgiving. I know some people think it's overrated, but I think it's a good all-around holiday. And I needed that big-time holiday because you had Christmas. And then after that, this is where I think I won the draft. I go St. Patrick's Day, Cinco de Mayo, Memorial Day, three absolute prime, prime drinking holidays. And I also also shout out to the troops. What's up? You only shout out to the troops because I gave you the shout out to the troops. Well, one of us picked the troop holiday and one of us didn't. So that's all that's all you need to know about this draft. Because I reminded you of the troops. Well, still counts. All right, Steve, let's get to a review. This one says AMA is the best five stars. As always, love the pod. The best part was the name question. My name is Edward Jones. Interesting. Like, like the Edward Jones Dome? Is that St. Louis? Wasn't yeah. it used to be in St. Louis? Sorry. It's no. still there. It's still there. RIP um, Rams. No, the Rams did not RIP. They just moved. RIP St. Louis. They're dead to you. That's all, that's all that matters. You bet your ass they are, Steve. They are dead to me forever. Lifetime ban. Continuing on, it says, ask Steve how he would have felt about being named Edward Cerruti. It sounds kind of noble. Edward Cerruti. I think I like Edward more than Jeff, right? Do you, would you agree? Yeah. 
Not Ed, Edward. If you call someone Edward, that's a powerful person. I feel like there are no Edwards that are deadbeats. They're, those guys usually have, or you know, they probably have a significant job or they are carry some sort of weight or clout or power. So um, it's funny how names that way work. Like, what, There are some names where you go, oh, that guy's probably a deadbeat. And then you get Edward, you go, oh, yeah, that guy's probably like royalty or a CEO somewhere. So shouts out to Edward. How amazing is it that Edward can go from maybe being a knight or a CEO to Ed, which sounds like your weird neighbor. Ed to me is an old person name. Edward is a noble name. Edward Cerruti. Sounds like you're in Twilight. I was the Edward Cohen. I mean, I, my nickname back in the day was Twilight because I was vitamin D deficient for a while. True story. I love it. Okay, well, we are going to post the draft on socials. Let us know who you think won. If you haven't already, please head to Apple Podcasts, search for Small Talk, subscribe to it, rate it preferably five stars. We do read a review at the end of every pod, and maybe we'll get to yours next week. Steve and I will be back in action again soon, but until then, shout out to the troops. But apparently not the moms. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.